Welcome back. Episode number two. Uh, they said we wouldn't make it. Um, I probably said we wouldn't make it either. Gee, I'll tell you what, doing your own podcast is a whole lot of work when it comes to figuring out how to upload stuff onto the internet. You would think it's as simple as drag and drop, but I'll give you the tip. It's not. Uh, so if you are thinking about doing it and you want some tips, I'm not the bloke. Uh, but anyway, we made it. Three part par, episode number two. Welcome back. Uh, as we sort of talked about in episode one, it is going to be a rotating chair. So we're going to have a different person on each week who will play the mug when we get to Mike versus the mug. And I'll give you the results from last week. Uh, so it's time to introduce this week's guest. It's, oh, sorry. You know what I'm going to do first? You know what I didn't do before I introduce you? I'm Mike Caridi. I didn't introduce myself last week. Probably should have done that in my, in my own uh, podcast. But my guest this week, who I will introduce, is Nick Smith. Welcome, Nick. Thanks, Magic Mike. How are you? I'm good, Magic Mike. Gee, that name's not going to disappear. I think I told the story a while ago. My wife's hen's party invitation that was sent out by her sister was my head uh, cut onto Magic Mike's body, which was great. I look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the only other time I've been called Magic Mike. How are you, mate? I like Magic Mike, mate. It's good. Yeah, I'm well, mate. I'm well. I'm, uh, I've, uh, I've taken a couple of days away from the fam. I'm down, uh, down in Port Ferry for the last few days, just um, me and the dog. Um, just chilling out, doing a bit of fishing, playing a bit of golf, watching a lot of nice. golf. Nice. Um, is, it, is that the yeah. Shipwreck Coast? The Shipwreck Coast? Something it's, like it's, that. Yeah, so Portland, Port Ferry, Warnable's kind of the Shipwreck Coast. Yeah, so mm. there's um, there's a couple of nice tracks down here, but uh, I've been been playing at Port Ferry um, a few times lately and and really, really enjoying it. Gee, Port Ferry, uh, I think it popped onto everyone's radar more than ever in the last sort of 12, 18 months. I know Mike Clayton's been posting a lot about it and how great it is. I haven't been down there in 20 years. I went down one week and played Warrnambool and Port Ferry, and I loved it. I'm absolutely itching to come come back down there and have a look. Um, is it, has, it, has it changed much, do you know, or is it, what, how's it sort of playing at the moment? Uh, I only sort of first played it maybe seven or eight months ago, so um, I don't know a whole lot about the history of it, but I know that um, maybe a month ago, six weeks ago, it was ranked in the top 100 um, courses in APAC, I think. I forget what mm-hmm. the the organization was that, that did the ranking but it came in at 93 but for a, a track that is um i mean it's it's proper links golf if, if you haven't been down here or anyone on the listening hasn't been down it's 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 literally just a, a, a paddock and a sand dune and um they've managed to turn into 18 pretty good holes i mean there's a stretch mm. from hole 12 through 17 that's just um, yeah. You know, it, it rivals the Wickhams and the the Bumboogles of the world. You know, in sort of its its um, quality, it's, the, the full eighteen doesn't stack up with those those um, more highly ranked courses. But um, you know, there's some really really nice holes, and and it's a really good little local club. You know, run by just a handful of um, you know greenskeepers. A couple of volunteers are involved. Um, there's a little sort of bar, sort of kitchen area there. Very unassuming pro shop. Um, Nice little chipping range, driving area oh, that you can get on whenever, whenever you want. Yeah, that's a yeah, thing. And like, that's a thing, mate. Like the courses like that are so few and far between now. Because if you had something like that that was an hour from Melbourne, it'd be overrun with people like me on the weekend coming down. But it's just that little yeah. bit further away, so it'll probably keep its little bit of a uh, little bit of small town vibe, which would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it's got a lot going for it. And you're right, it's it's about three three and a half hours from Melbourne, so. You're not getting day trippers coming down there. Um, you get a lot of groups coming down. They'll play Port Ferry and they'll play Warnable maybe the yep. day after to make a weekend of it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I, I popped down there yesterday afternoon. I had a couple of hours spare in the afternoon on Sunday, and 
I was just going down there for a chip and just have a bit of a bit of a practice um, and ended up just having a chat to the pro shop guy. And I said, oh, I'm just going to jump on and play the, the first six holes. It's a nice little loop that sort of comes back to the, the clubhouse after six. And I was the only person on the course, um, no one else around. Uh, sun was going down. It was like beaming through the clouds, a bit of, bit of sort of light mist in the air. There was rainbows in the background. I had I just had one of those moments in, that remind you why you play golf. Yes, and, Yes. Um, it was just a, it was just a moment, you know, and I had yep. to really just stop and and um, take it in, and um, so that was it was great. It's it's a great track, and I'm I'm really lucky to be a member down there and and get to play it a bit. Mate, that that you have summed up what all of us love about if any of us. I mean, some people here that probably just been on golf and don't play as much, but if the people that love golf, she's those sorts of days and nights or evenings or mornings. Yeah, they're they're, they're just awesome. Um, so you've summed up a really good day on the course and, and what you kind of like that top feeling that you've had around playing recently. Give us a bit of a rundown on the rest of life and, and other, any other thing I know you're still a member at Woodlands. No, well, I just finished up. So I've been a member of Woodlands for about the last 10 years. Um, and when I first took that membership up, um, didn't have kids and, uh, I had a lot more time on weekends <laughs> to play golf. So I was getting a lot more use out of the membership than what, what I have been in the last probably five years um i've now got a i've got a six-year-old girl who's just started primary school this year uh and we've got another one on the way later this year so um my time to spend at a private golf course is uh is very limited now yes um so yeah that was part of the reason why i sort of shifted it down to to port ferry we we bought a a holiday house down here about 12 months ago and um so I, i find myself spending a fair bit more time down here and free time down here so um it made sense to to shift the membership down this way and airbnb it, is that right? Just give it a plug if you are still airbnb it. Make sure someone can actually go yeah. there for a golf trip. Absolutely. If you, if you want to come for a golf trip, there's a nice little place. We've given it a, a cool name. We've called it Sweet Tide of Moyne. Um, a bit of a riff on the uh, the Guns and Roses uh, track. Um, but yeah, it's not nice little Airbnb. Sleeps nine. Um, uh, it's only five minutes up the road from the golf course. Short walk into town. All the pubs and cafes and that sort of stuff are on the doorstep. So um yeah it's it's a great spot nine's perfect too that's two groups of four and then the one bloke that's happy to come on a golf trip but doesn't really want to play but will drive the cart around with the beers nine perfect <laughs> that is a perfect perfect set right there well if you had nine blokes in here you'd have uh six of them seven of them sorry sharing uh sharing double beds and queen beds so it's it's not r- quite you know it, it'd work for two families with kids right that's that's kind of how we've set it up um but if you had a group of four or or even six you could get six blokes in you pretty comfortably so um yeah it's good for that that's it um so you said you've watched a bit of golf this week how much uh bit first one we're going to go through for the week is uh, having a bit of a chat about the open how much did you get to watch i watched quite a bit of round two and three um Stayed up pretty late on Saturday night, uh, watching watching round three, um, and then um, saw the first few hours of round four. Um, had work in the morning, so I couldn't really yep. sort of uh, stay up too late. But I spent a bit of time today just catching up on highlights and, and watching the replays. It's a good thing about Fox Hills; you can you can you can turn it on at four or five o'clock in the afternoon and, and catch up on most of the the good stuff from the final round. So oh, um, yeah, got to see quite a bit, but. Uh, it was, I mean, I, I, I know we're going to get to it, but um, it was a pretty impressive win by a bloke that I openly said after round three, I don't think he's got what it takes to hold on to this. Yeah, you're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I was probably similar. I probably was in the middle. I watched a lot of round one and a lot of round four. Um, being here in Melbourne, we it, it's a great time of the year to watch golf because it's it's a bit cooler here, so it gets dark early. So when the Open kicks off, I think it's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the first, first groups go off around 1 and 2, so it's great. You get home from work and it's golf on TV through prime time. Now, the only problem is when the final round comes through, the, the last group teed off, I think it was about quarter past 11 p.m., so uh, mm. I have the same. I've got the I've got the routine down pat now. I go to bed at seven thirty p.m. I set my alarm for ten thirty, so I get three hours of nap in, and then uh, I stay on till I think it was about three thirty this morning. Uh, once Brian Harmon knocked in the final putt, um, yep. I probably would have gone a bit earlier because you're right. It was as it was an obliteration in the end. He smashed everybody, um, but I still had these grand just theories in my head that maybe he could hit it, hit it out of bounds three times on 18 and John Rahm was still a chance. So I just kept watching. Uh, I probably didn't need to. Um, and and that, that's a, I mean, that happened, right? Like there was, there was a few players that, that those internal OBs just, mm. just destroyed them. And yeah. uh, I reckon that's though? great to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I think stuff like that is good. Like it, you wouldn't want to see that on every course every week. Mm. Um, but when you get those, those links courses over there and you've got the weather's a factor and you've got this skinny little fairway shoot that they've got to, got to hit it in or, you know, the, the gorse on the side of the course and the, yeah. oh, like that makes for good watching. I reckon um, it would absolutely destroy you or I, like, oh, yeah. you, we, we, we would walk off after, you know, six holes probably and, and be, <laughs> be crying in the clubhouse. right? hundred percent. But when you, you get these pros up there, I mean, this, this is why, this is why they paid the big bucks, you know? Mate, the I think for the internal OB, I'm probably if they were just thrown it up for the week, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a bit weird. But it's there every every day of the year. It's always been there. So mm. members cop it every week. Why would they change it for these guys? Why would they try and make it easier? So, no, I thought it was great. Um, God, it was interesting to see how close they flirted to to a couple of it uh, here and there. Uh, I can't remember. It might have been that was Ricky Fowler. I think pushed two out in a row on might might have been Friday back-to-back shots that went out and just pegged up, um, dropped another one and kept going. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty yeah. fun to watch um, when they when they do that because, yeah, they're just like us. Um, yeah, absolutely. So for your, for your winners, uh, yeah, Brian Hummond was your winner, 13 under, uh, four, no, four, God, four, four would have been good. Four would have been a watch. Six clear of second place, Tom Kim, Sepp Straka, Jason Day and John Rahm in the end. Uh Let's just run through a couple of them. As we said, we are going to talk a bit about golf, but we'll get to the betting uh, down the line. Brian Harmer, uh, Brian Harmon, the George Bulldog. I think that was probably talked about a lot more than anything else. The one other thing that they talked a lot about was the waggles. Gee, they were very hot on the, how many times he waggled. Did you, <laughs> did, you, did, you, did, you, did you enjoy that? The thing is, like, this guy's been playing on the PGA Tour for, mm. what, 10 years? Yeah, like, at least 15 years. He's been, he, he's been doing that yeah. same thing every week. Right, yeah. it's just because he's he's leading a major by six 100%. shots that all of a sudden every little piece of him yep. and his the way he goes about it comes into focus, right? So, um, I mean, I, look, I don't like the waggle. I think if you you just you know you get up and hit the ball, right? Yep. Um, but it's hey, he just won a major, so you can't yeah, so you can't argue with him. I think it's it's certainly some sort of nervous tick. Um, and I have been told that he actually gets the more under the pump he feels, the more he does it. So he might right. have even been a bit more than normal, but they said uh, if he is feeling at any given point, you'll see him almost get stuck in it. 
Um, so that, yeah, that right. would have been, that was one thing I was watching out for. Look, there's a few that he took a little bit longer over than others. Um, yeah, it is, it is, it's a tough watch, but, um, look, I, I didn't think it was, you know, I didn't think it was horrendous. I've seen, you know, Sergio over the years with the regripping and gripping. I know Kevin Nah for a while, they couldn't pull the trigger at all, um, and hit the ball. So, you know, he, he, he was taking a while, but God, he, he just was, he was absolutely flushing it and he was like plotting his way around with the driver. Like guys that were just hitting driver, it was very rare that he that he missed a fairway. Um, and if he did, it wasn't miles off. And on the, uh, on the final eighteen, he did hit one out in the gorse and had a lost ball. But he only went in, uh, I think it was three bunkers for the week, and one was yep. the eight on the seventy second. One was on the last hole. Yeah, so two bunkers for seventy one holes of golf, where they on a course where there are bunkers, like craters or like yep. moon craters yeah. everywhere, not coming out. And and, um, and every single person on planet Earth, with all due respect to Brian Harmon, every time he hit a ball was, was probably saying in their head, get in the bunker, because I want to make this, I want yeah. this to be a competition. <laughs> yeah, they want to see Tommy Fleetwood or, uh, you know, Rory up the top. But That's it. It wasn't to be. I mean, it, the other thing was he had the, he, it, this is another stat that blew me away, he had the least amount of total parts in an open event since records began. It doesn't so surprise me. He's, Flat stick was just on fire all week. Um, so you know, deserving winner. Like I think he's a uh, well, he's, he's a good winner for the event. He he picked up. He was plus two point eight five strokes gained in putting for the week. So that means every single round he was nearly three strokes better than the field he picked up across the field. Second, Tom Kim one point nine one. So I mean that that tells you um, how far and away he was, miles, miles, miles away. And that part of exactly what you said was the key. The rest of his stats were, you know, much of a much. As Tita Green was very good, nearly two shots, but the putter, three, nearly three, is is a freak show. Um, you mentioned a couple of other names there. We'll run through a couple of other guys that were at the pointy end that probably didn't quite, um, probably didn't quite get there, but they probably didn't play well. If you take Harmon out, they were, you know, probably quite easily the clear, clear next best. Um, we'll start with, um, we'll probably start with Tom Kim. Hurt his ankle at one point. Um, did you see much of Tom at all? I know he was sort of in and out and sort of came home with a late charge. Yeah, I did. I saw a bit of him in round three. I think that was the round after the, he hurt his ankle. Um, and he was sort of getting around with a little bit of a limp. It didn't look mm. too bad on the cameras. But, you know, to, to come out and show, I think it was he's shot four under in the in the last round. So, you know, he clearly didn't affect him too much. Um, no, I think I think that but, sort of trying that tra- yeah. weight transfer was more than anything else, I think. I don't don't know. I mean, yeah. I think if it was if it was a bigger tournament again this week, I'm probably sure he would have turned up and played again. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Rahm was the other one. I, I thought he, uh, I thought he was going to run away, run away with it after his round three. I think he shot eight yeah. under on um, on Saturday, uh, and he was just trending in the right direction, um, but just yeah. wasn't able to kind of. Um, uh, you know, put the screws in like he did on Saturday. So uh, he, he was the big bet. He, he was the big bet last week for me. Um, he yeah, was one hundred percent my best result. Uh, final round, first putt, he hit with a lot of pace and confidence that just literally rolled over the edge and gave himself three feet coming back and knocked it in. And the second hole, he lipped out, and then the third hole he rolled one over the edge. And I thought, oh, nah, this is the day where he's going to do. What he did in round one and run two, round two, and he's just not going to make a part. And he didn't, and he mainly made one, and that was on the final and uh, final hole. And his face was just like, "Of course I did." Same as same as all of us. You don't make one all day, you make it on eighteen, and you're like, "Yep, that's exactly the way golf works." Yep. 
Um, Seb Straka was really, really, really impressive. Um, definitely putting his hand up, if not already locked in for a Ryder Cup position on the European team. And Jason Day, God, a guy that I, the guy that was a little bit MIA for the last couple of, like after a really good season, he was been a bit MIA the last month, but gee, great result for for Jason Day T two. Yeah, it's good. Oh, look, it's good to see him at the top or near the top of the leaderboard. Anyway, um, he you know had a, a really good chip on chip in. Um, I think it was the was it the ninth hole maybe or um, on on Sunday, uh, and I thought maybe that might have got him going and you know got a bit of a run going, but. Um, in the end, you know, Harmon was never going to get caught. So, um, but yeah, just great to see Jaday up the top. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Rory on last week's show. I did say that he wouldn't win. Uh, not that he didn't go close to it. And I did say he probably would, but people just don't go back to back Scottish into the open. So, um, yeah, again, Rory, just unbelievable talent right up the pointy end again. And yeah, with the pressure of the crowd, a bit like Fleetwood, it was, it was always going to be a tough week for him. Uh, Max Homer, first major top 10, so well done to Max. Uh, Matt Jordan, um, local member at the course, hit the first tee shot of the week, and I thought that was going to be his highlight, but he then went and showed us how it's done and finished top 10. Absolutely. And I think that gets him into true next year. So, yes. God, what a week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked great week. I mean, I'd never heard of him before this week. Um Really wholesome story. Um, you know, been a member at Royal Liverpool since he was seven. Um, mm. I heard on the telecast today. Um, and it's just great to see a young kid just enjoying golf. You know, like he just, he was there, he had his family, he had his parents, all, you know, they're all standing in the pouring rain uh, watching him finish this round. And he, he just, he exudes a lot of um, enthusiasm and uh, and love for the game. So, yeah. Uh, you know, really hope we see a bit more of him. I agree. The other one that uh, we had in the tips last week on the email that went out late in the week was Alex Fitzpatrick. I said he was going to be one to watch to make the cut because he would have been really solid odds to make the cut, and he did. Not only did he make the cut, he absolutely belted Matt Fitzpatrick for most of the week and, and yeah. was very, <laughs> very, very impressive, Alex Fitzpatrick. So that was good to watch. Um, disappointments. Uh, I've only written down three. Well, I've written down three. One's JT. He clearly in round one. Um, very, very, very much struggled and then sort of shot his even par round two. DJ did the opposite. He was okay in round one, maybe one or two over, and then absolutely obliterated <laughs> himself in round two. And I wrote down Liv. Liv in general is the only other one. Like Liv, I know the guys that, that, that are passionate. And this is not a, not going to shit on Liv show. It's it's not going to be that show. But it's like a lot of the guys from Liv quite, quite rightly pointed out how well Brooks played at um, the first two majors. Um, pointing out, you know, guys like um, Taylor Gooch need to be in the majors. Um, they've got the best of the best, and this tournament they had a shocker. And again, I'm, I'm saying that in a very even-handed way. And it's like this doesn't mean that the guys there are bad, but also the other ones doesn't mean that they're good. It's just the way golf is. Like it, it just doesn't work that way. Um, just yeah. because Phil played really well at the Masters doesn't mean Phil's one of the best players in the world. It just doesn't work that way. Um, yep. So yeah, it was a bit disappointing. So question. Question without notice to you. Um, yes, yes, I love it. Does does JT play in the Ryder Cup? Um, th- that's a very good question. If you'd asked me last week, I would say yeah, he'll still play. Um, I'm less confident after the Open. Uh, I really think he'll have to play some sort of good golf in the next two weeks, three weeks. Um, otherwise, if I was a gambling man, he might. Say he's got some sort of injury and bow out, or 
something like that. I, I, I think it's really hard not to pick him on history. He, I don't think he's going to automatically qualify. I think he's down to like 60 or 70 in the world. or He's, he's really tapped off. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that I think if, you, if you're looking for a captain's pick, there's probably other people you'd go with now. Yeah, I, I tend tend to agree. I just oh, I wonder whether or not you know, like he does fire up in those kind of events, right? Those team events, yeah. and he can be a bit of a barometer for uh, Team USA. If they uh, yeah. well, in in the past, he when he has fired and he's got up and um, got aggressive with it, then they've done pretty well. Um, it would be a bold pick, I reckon, to put him in just based on form, um, mm. but. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. He's definitely not inside the top twelve or whatever the the automatic selection is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it'll need to be a a uh, captain's pick for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Uh, yeah. I oh, look, and I think he would love to be there, but I think more than anything, he'd love to just get his game back more than anything else. I think. Um. I don't mm. think he wants to go over there and play poorly either. So it'd be very interesting. Watch. Yep. Is there anything else in the week that you thought was um interesting? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what do you think about Cam Smith? I reckon he would have been pretty disappointed the way yep. he defended um, T33. Um, you know, he, I thought he was in better form than that. Um, he's had a, you know, the T9 at the PGA and a yep. fourth at the US Open and then he, he had a recent win um, at Live London. So I thought maybe he would have been a bit closer to the pointy end, but um, yeah, he wasn't to be for Cam. I think... Um... Again, I will relate it back to a gambling um, process. And I talked about this, if not on this pod, on the Little Birdies pod last week. It's really, really difficult to line up the live guys on how they're going because we only see them play against a wider field, you know, four times a year now, which is really yep. not good. No, I hate it. That's shit. Um, so it for me, when you look at him coming in, he, he won a tournament. He won the Andalusia event in Spain for live, which says that he's playing well, but it's just really hard to say is that what's that win worth in value versus say winning a PGA tour event or caliber of players that he's playing against uh, always equate it back to horse racing. It's like when the, when here in Melbourne, we got the Melbourne cup and you have these international Raiders come over and you're like, I think they're good. I've been told they're really good and they've won some big races, but I've got no idea how they go against these guys. And that's a little bit like the live guys. Um, it's very, very hard. We know the history. We know how a lot of them have run in, in these tournaments before. But, you know, by the time, if and when they come back to playing and week to week, it'll be two years since they've played regular tournaments against each other. Um, and it's just mm. so tough. Cam's big, big deficiency, this or not deficiency, he's, he's normally his part is the part that it dominates everybody. Um, and he was 45th ranked part of this week. Uh, so that's, yeah, that for him is taking away superpower more than anything. Yeah. And speaking of um, blokes whose putters are broken, um, I watched a bit of Scotty Scheffler on on Saturday and yes. and then a bit on Sunday as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, he, his putter there's something going on there, and clearly he needs to he needs to get to the bottom of it. Um, but his footwork, I don't know. Did you take note of that? Oh, when it he looks like ball. it's well, it's always been yeah. pr- pretty wild, right? But it's it feels like, maybe it was because there's a bit of water on the ground or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what was going on, but it it looked a lot more accentuated than it has in previous weeks and months. Yep. Um. But if that, but if if he can fix his putting, yeah, like every every other element of his game is yep. unbelievable. He yep. would, he would just blow fields away. Like no, well yeah, I think we've talked link, about it, it before. He's I'll running. I'll run through his. I'll run through his finishes very very quickly from this time last year. 
Scottish Open, he got cut. 21st at the Open, cut at the FedEx St. Jude. 3rd, 2nd, 45th. 3rd, 9th, 2nd, 7th, 11th, 1. 12th, 4th, 1. 4th, 10th, 11th, 5th, 2nd, 3rd, 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 4th, 3rd. <laughs> There's guys that don't have that many top 10 finishes in their career. That's his last 12 months. Um, putter. He's 74th this week in putting. And to put him into perspective, he's never been a freak putter like a, you know, a Cam Smith. But through 2022, he was probably averaging 0.2, 0.3 strokes around above tour average. And that's enough to be a freak, you know, taking into account the rest of his skill set. The problem is the start of this year, he dipped to tour average and now he's below tour average. Um, even the last kind of handful of tournaments since say the Memorial, he's now 0.1, 0.2 below. So that is doesn't sound like a lot. It's nearly a shot over at four, four, four rounds. Um, and he's winning, he's losing tournaments by shot. So it just sums up he, yep. he probably one to two shots worse off than where he used to be. And that's that's the difference between winning one or two tournaments this year. Yeah. Um, so for the bets for last week, I'll quickly run through those. So we had a we had a bit of a hit and I won't say we had a hit and miss week. We had a bit of a a good week, but it could have been so much better. Um, just running through the email. So if you do want to get on the tips, this is the early show that we do. And then we do send an email out on a Wednesday with all the tips that we're going to run through, plus all the data models that we run. Um, the win picks we had last week were John Rama finished second, Hovland 13th, Fleetwood 10th, and Seawood Kim missed the cup. Uh, round one leader picks, we had Lucas Herbert at 100 to 1, who was leading the tournament um, when he hit the 17th hole and had a triple, which was Absolutely awesome. You couldn't have sent a happier bloke in Melbourne when he made that triple. Um, he probably wouldn't have got there anyway, but even a par there and a birdie on the last would have put him close enough to being in the mix. Um, and Fleetwood, I think Fleetwood and the amateur were leading after round one. Now we had some round one three ball picks. We had three out of five winners, Moronk, Siwoo and Victor Hovland all saluted. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick let us down. Um, Spieth found some form who'd been sort of a bit choppy. He, he beat uh, Matty Fitz. And Tommy Kim had a poor start, so he finished really well. We know he finished second overall, but he didn't win his group on round one, which is disappointing. Uh, the next load of bets that we had were uh, the tournament heads-to-heads. So we had tournament heads-to-heads. We had Bobby Mack to beat JT, which we did quite comfortably, and one uh, the two the other two we didn't get didn't get up. So the first one was DJ, who I don't know what happened in round two, but he was horrendous. So he and Morikawa both missed the, missed the cut, but DJ was way worse, so that was a loss. And Cam Young found form. We didn't talk about Cam Young before, but Cam Cam Young's been horrendous for six months. I'd picked him to beat um, to lose to Wyndham Clark over the week, and Wyndham started quite well and had you know an okay tournament. I think he finished around even par. But Cam Young had a, had a really really good week, which was um, you know good good luck to him. But that 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 didn't hurt it. That didn't help our head to head picks. Um, one person I did mention there that we didn't talk about before was uh was um Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood, he he couldn't have had more pressure going this week than than the home crowds and the hometown and everything else. Um, but I, the little story that I will share for other people, I know a lot of people probably already listened to the No Laying Up podcast. But um, if he wasn't feeling enough pressure coming into the final round, uh, TC from No Laying Up decided he would fly over to the the, the Open Championship to cheer him on for the final round because he had a dream that he was going to win and wanted to be there. So John flew over. Um, yeah, God, if you want to put more, more, if you want to talk at a bloke that's like ruining the 
playing with the punting gods. Um, yeah, if you wanted him to win, it's it's not to fly across halfway around the world to, to make sure he does because it doesn't work that way. Uh, so well done to TC for just, flying over and showing the effort. Well, that just tells me that the no layout boys are probably making too much money at the moment. So uh, <laughs> I think he said he said it cost him, need to worry about betting. It cost him eighty thousand points to fly business from wherever they are in Florida uh, to to Manchester. That's that's yeah. not the worst. I mean, I can't. I, Flew to Perth for something like that, so it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty good deal. So that was the uh, that was the Open Championship. The only other person that probably needs nearly as much thanks for uh, Brian Harmon winning as Brian Harmon does was the bloke in the crowd, who uh, I think on the third round um, when Brian was in the lead, he said to him, "You don't have the stones for this," and uh, fired him up. <laughs> so. Thanks. Yeah. Everyone who bet John Rahm is really, really happy that you did that to fight him fight up and kept him switched on. <laughs> um, Doc, last week what we did, cheese my host last week and I played a game called Mike versus the Mug, and we are going to do that with you in a little bit. But last week, cheese got to pick three players for the Open Championship, and I picked three players, and we'll do this every week. And if cheese can have a player finish above my players, I will donate $50 to the Lifeline charity here in um, Melbourne, Australia. Um, Cheese's players last week were uh, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler. So he picked my second pick was Victor Hovland, but he had him early. Picked the number one golfer in the world, Scotty Scheffler, and the man in form, Ricky Fowler. But who he didn't pick was John Rahm, who was my pick, Tommy Fleetwood and Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim did miss the cut, but uh, I had two that finished above Cheese. So I am safe from donating this week, which I'm sure won't continue for very long. Uh, but John Rahm did save the day for me there, which was very, very nice. Um, very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, you're you're just priming. You're just priming me to take 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 the money out of my pocket in about ten minutes' time. Um, <laughs> Do I get to pick the players first? Or you go first. No, you go first. Okay. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You're going to be. Uh, you can pick the board. You you get free whack. Um, that makes my life a little bit harder, which is good. Um, the other thing I'll talk about before we do get to that, though, is there was one once I one more event. It was a, there was an event. Uh, the Barracuda was played last week. Uh, it was won by Akshay Bhatia. Uh, Akshay is a bit of a different cat uh, for anyone who doesn't really know or doesn't follow um, the golf as madly as someone like myself. Um, he he is a um, he's a guy who was a really good golfer in high school, and instead of going on to college like most do, he said, "No, nah, I'm not really interested. In that. I'm going to go straight to the PGA Tour because I think I'm really good." Um, and he's proven to be quite good. He got caught on the Corn Ferry Tour. He won last year um, with his then, he's now and still then girlfriend on the bag, who he met through the socials. Um, and um, yeah, so he birdied his last hole today to get into a playoff with uh, Patrick Rogers. Um, only took one hole. Reg Parr got him the win, which he was very, very happy about. That gets him his, um, I think it's a conditional PGA Tour card for the rest of the year. He uh, gets into the FedEx Cup this year. He gets into playing the PGA Championship next year. And uh, the Players' Championship, so he's very, very happy. He's also, probably smartly, um, doesn't have his girlfriend caddying anymore. He's got um, Joaquin Neiman's old caddy on the bag for four weeks now. So four weeks in and bang, um, he gets his first win on the PGA Tour. It was obviously a limited, uh, you know, a much smaller field. I won't say limited. It was a lower lower end field, um, but he couldn't be happy. It was really um, good to see him win. I think he's uh, he's one of those guys that's backed himself. It's, um, yeah, pretty pretty good to watch. I don't, don't know if you saw any of that today. It was a Different event, yeah. Stable, I caught, stable caught, caught the highlights, stable of yeah. I, I, I struggled. I just still struggle with the scoring and all that stuff. But, um, but yeah, like call the highlights. Uh, he certainly looked like he was 
well, he sort of came from behind a little bit, a bit of a backdoor. Yeah. Um, kind of, he was, I think, running fifth or sixth, I think, um, leading into last round. And yeah, buried the eighteenth, as you said, to to force a playoff. And um, I forget who he was in the playoff against, but um, Rogers. They duffed a duffed a second shot, yeah, and um, and it was yeah two putts to win from sort of twelve foot or something. So, yeah. um, pretty easy playoff hole in the end for him. But yeah, look, um, the the commentators were. Um, giving him a lot of credit and saying that this kid's got a big, big future, and we should, mm. you know, definitely keep an eye on him. So, um, yeah, interesting to see how it goes. He'll be, yes, he'll be, I think he'll be fun to watch. He'll be fun yeah, to watch, yeah. and you're not the only one who doesn't get the scoring. Um, my mum, for those of you that don't know, which is probably all of you, um, <laughs> has started getting very interested in golf since I started doing podcasts over the last couple of years. And yeah, I got a very filthy phone call this week. She was very confused. She'd never seen a Stableford event scoring and did not understand what was going on uh, at all. Uh, so to explain how it works, and I'm sure she didn't remotely understand. So good day, mum. Um, yeah, there's no more this week, so you'll be happy. It just goes back to normal scoring. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was it, look, it's, it's something different, you know, something different. You kind of you can play stroke play every week. Probably Stableford might not be the go, but I don't know. They seem to they seem to enjoy yeah. it every year. So good luck to them. It, it just for, for my own knowledge, it's, it's a different to the Stableford you and I play on yeah. a week to week basis because there's sort of five point holes. And yeah, like they basically it's just like, where we all play in Stableford for those that don't from around the world. A lot of people don't play Stableford, but effectively you're playing a net par will get you two points. Net birdie will get you three, eagle four, and for a bogey you get one. Net bogey and anything worse than double or worse gets you zero. Um, this one is something like net par gets you zero, no points. A net bogey you lose two points maybe, but a net birdie gets you three, and a net eagle gets you five or something like that. So yeah, effectively right. it's yeah. risk reward. So yeah, you can keep making pars, but you don't go anywhere. Whereas if you can make some eagles and birdies, you you go up. It might be three for a birdie and two for a bogey. You lose two for a bogey. So if you do risk, if you do risk it and don't get there, and you make a bogey, you don't lose all your birdie back. If that makes sense. So um, yep. they try to even it out that way. I think I've, yeah, it 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 is different. Um, but I think if more than anything, it just breaks up the mundane stroke every week, if nothing else. Just something but, different. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Um, which brings us to this week. This week's event is the 3M Championship. Well, I've brought you in for the really big stuff here, Doc. Uh, the 3M <laughs> Championship in Blaine, Minnesota. Uh, notable winners, Tony Finau, Cam Champ, Michael Thompson, and Matt Wolf. They won the last four. Um, notable players are playing. JT signed up. I don't think JT was originally on the list to play. I think he might be a late sign-in. Uh, Finau's there to defend. Step Straka, who played very well this week in the Open Championship, as did Emiliano Grillo. Uh, Sung Jim, Cam Young, another good player this week, and Sahith Thagala, probably the biggest names um, playing this week. Um, I think the it... JT thing is that he is currently 76th in the FedEx um, yes. top standings and needs to have a couple of good tournaments to get within the top 70. So that's probably why he's um, signed up or where he's, you know, he's going to play this week. 100% that makes sense because... Yeah, there's no other way to get in. You can't just get invited to the FedEx Cup. I think, yeah, the, the way that it works normally is the top 125 go to week one and then it's cut to 70 straight away. So, yeah, if he's not sort of sitting a bit higher up, he won't make it through to the to the third event. Um, so, that, yeah, that's good. good um, very good point. Um, water's in play, but not really in play. I mean, water's in, on 15 holes, but it's, it's a pretty wide track, um, big greens. So you really need to hit it close to make a score and be hot with your putter. Sounds like every other week. Um, yeah, have you done your homework? Have you have you like I've uh, done some homework? 
Of course you did. So the idea of this whole mic versus the mug <laughs> is the bloke that comes on or the girl that comes on hasn't done the homework. But you're all going to oh. do homework and take the money out of my pocket. Or I'm going to go start. I was going to say, you calling me the mug is probably the nicest thing you've you've called me in, <laughs> in the 15 years that I've known you, Mike. So no, 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 um, no. I, <laughs> I don't try. The thing with betting on golf is, I've said this before, it's extremely difficult. Um, but Brian, you, Brian Harmon just proved that. Brian Harmon just proved that. <laughs> Funnily enough, on the email that we sent out last week, Brian Harmon was ranked number 20 on the sheet of 150 players. And if you look right. at his form in the Open Championship, was good and his form coming in was really good. The only thing that he was deficient in that was pushing him down to 20 and if it wasn't even it was okay he would have probably been top 10 on my sheet was his um shots into greens from a distance because i thought it was him playing longer because it was wet do you know what he did really really well this week he shots into greens so the stuff that he isn't normally really good at he was really good at and he was missing missing um missing those pots so that that's that's how golf betting works you just need someone to fix one thing um you know like a a Morikawa or a uh, Hideki Matsuyama has a great week with the putter and they're not historically good putters. They win tournaments. Um, yep. So what we'll do is we'll make it easy on me. I'm going to let you pick, give me your three players. I'm going to write them down so that I'm ready to go. So you've had a look at it. There's yep. no, there's no right, odds so, early. So you can, there's no wrong answers. So I'm just purely picking on form and anyone who follows yes. me, good luck to them. Because I am probably a worse golf, a worst, a worse golf better than you are, um, that's, or that's anyone something. Really, for that matter. And that's saying something, yeah. Um, so I reckon just on form, it's hard to go past Sepp Straka. T two at the Open, one the John Deere. Uh, he is firing on all cylinders, and with a limited field, I think he'll do pretty well. Uh, Cam Young coming off a T eight, he was in the final group. Um, and he also had a T6 at the John Deere, so I reckon he is also coming in hot. And then I've got a bit of a roughy, a bit of an outsider. I like uh, it. And I oh, I've got him, a funny feeling I this person him. won't be that far out of the out of the market. He Tell might me. not be. He might not be. <laughs> I caught I caught some of his shots on the highlights from the Barracuda, uh, oh, the Barracuda and I like the way he goes about it. I like the way he goes about it. So Bo Hosler, the Bo Show. Yeah, Bo, uh, love Bo. He's he's my outsider's pick. So he, he was T six at the Barracuda, but he um he was in the mix there for a while. So he's a funny guy, Bo. Uh, he, he's he can he when he's on, he's on. Like and he's yeah yeah he, he hits it a mile. Um yeah he's I don't mind I don't mind that pick at all. Um yeah but uh, yeah I can't argue with those. Geez, you picked. I won't lie to you. One of those was in my picks. Sepp Straka was in my picks, so I won't be taking Sepp. Um, to give the people at home an idea, I've just found Bet365, who has got the odds up for this tournament. Uh, Tony Finau, $13. Cam Young, 15 Hideki, 19 Justin Thomas, 21 Sung Jim, 21 Emiliano Grillo, 29 Ludwig Aberg, $34. Sahith Agala, 34 Jaeger, 36 Davis, 36 Straka, 36 That is 36 for Sepp Straka. That's... I know the bloke who writes these odds. So I'm not going to say that's completely wrong because he knows more about golf than I do. Um, Gary Woodland, 41. Keith Mitchell, 41. So for my three picks, I am not... Yeah, this is going to probably come back to haunt me. I can tell you now, I'm not taking Tony Finau and I'm not taking um, Justin Thomas. So they're the two that I've already put a line through. 
The first one I'm going to take is a little guy that won a Masters a few years ago, and that is Hideki Matsuyama. Hideki ranks in my data third. Uh, he finished seventh here four years ago, withdrew last year. I think that was when his neck was playing up. Finished 13th at the Open, and before that, he hadn't played since a Rocket Mortgage. So I'm just just going on the rationale that he could be just finding some form. Um, Gary Woodland sits above him, but I'm probably just going to leave Gary Woodland out for the moment for this. Akshay Bardia, Cam Young is, is is all up there as well. But I'm not going to pick Akshay to go back to back. I don't know that he's playing that well. The next guy that I'm going to take is Sung Jae Im. Sung Jae finished second here last year, 15th, four years ago. And at the Open, he finished 20th. Uh, he currently ranks in my data seventh. And then I'm going to do what you did because I can't have Seth Straka. I'm going to take someone a little bit out of the box. I think I didn't see him on the odd sheet. I don't know what he's, what he's playing. I will look him up. But his name is Lucas Glover. And Lucas Glover is sitting at $61. So I was really just tossing up really then between Ludwig Aberg and Lucas Glover, but I will take Glover um, just because the data at the moment on Ludwig's pretty lean, being he's only played a handful of tournaments, but he is an absolute talent at pushing, trying to push his way into that European Ryder Cup scene. So, Doc, you have Sepp Straka, Cam Young, and the Bo Show, Bo Hosler, and I have Hideki Matsuyama, Sungjae Im, and Lucas Glover. That's a it's a good mic versus the mug. It's two two pretty good picks each and one bit of a spec bet. I don't I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. How are you feeling? May the best man win. Are you more confident now or less confident now? <laughs> uh, look, I think Sep Strike, I mean, you're just reading out that he's paying thirty six dollars. Um, I think I'm gonna jump straight on to <laughs> what was it? Bet three six five. Did you say it was? He'll be on he'll be up anyway. on uh, on all the other accounts soon enough, I'm sure, because um, without stating this as fact, I'm pretty well. I find that Bet365 puts their odds up first, and I find that a lot of other agencies that I don't have people riding golf markets tend to follow that market. So, um, yeah, yeah he, he he's always first up. Um, but I think yeah. that's a, you know that's a that's a great price. I mean, the only thing going against those those guys is really big week in the rain in in Liverpool. Um, but we'll see. Hideki's probably the last person I should have picked then with the guys who's been prone to injury and been playing in the rain. If if something does happen in the meantime, any of those guys withdraw, because we do are recording this on a Monday, I'll let you know and I'll, I'll sub it out and put it out on the socials. Um, two other sort of events this week, ones well, two are big ones, they're both majors, I should say. The Evian for the women uh, at um, in France, uh, hilly tight, tree-line course, second shot course when you're looking at, at winners. Previous winners, um, Brooke Henderson, Minji Lee, uh, Lydia Ko, and MB Park. Lydia Ko, I think I've got a funny feeling Lydia's going to have a good week this week. Uh, four Aussie winners historically, Kari Webb, Minji Lee, Rachel Teske, and Wendy Doolan. Uh, the favourites across the market, Jin Young Ko, Nelly Corder, Lydia Ko, Lily Avu, and Lily Avu, and Minji Lee, and Alison Corpuz. Um, Lily Avu, Lily because I know your daughter's name is Lily. Am I going, not going crazy? <laughs> That's right. Right. Yep. This this girl's name or this woman's name does my head in every time because her name's not Lily Avu. It's Lilia Vu. So her <laughs> first name's Lilia. But every time I go to say it, oh, I get it wrong. But Lilia Vu. Um, Yes, I'll be having a little look at that. Um, and the other one that's around this week, which we don't even have a field for yet because they're still doing, even though the tournament starts in a couple of days, Still finishing the final spot, so I haven't seen a field yet for the senior men's open championship. 
at Port Call in Wales. Um, Port Call, sorry. Uh, recent winners, Darren Clark. Point out Langer wins it. It's won it four times in the last 10 years, I think. 10, 12, <laughs> years. Uh, the mechanic, Miguel Engel Imanef, who's um, partial to a hole in one. Um, yeah, look, the, the same names are going to be prominent. Langer, Imanef, Padraig yeah. Arrington, if he, if he backs up. Um, Els, Steve Stricker. Uh, these guys are just printing cash on that tour. We will be sending out the email. So that is the last thing for me to mention. If anyone um, does want the free picks, I know a lot of people um, sign up for horse racing picks and these sorts of picks and that's free. So all you do is send me an email, uh, threeputtpodcast at gmail.com, all one word, threeputtpodcast. Um, every Wednesday, I'll send you a sheet. It'll show you all of my data for the PGA Tour events and any other events that I've looked at, how I've ranked them, who I'm betting on, who I think is good. I might do some head-to-heads if they're available. I'll have a look at a couple of other events. If there's live stuff around, or if there's something else you want me to do, just flick us a note. I'll add you on. Um, and I'll send that email out every week. We've already got the, the couple of people that are signed on, which is good. So that'll come into people's inboxes on late Wednesday, Thursday morning, Melbourne time. Um, and if you're not interested in that, but you still want to keep track, obviously the podcast will come out every week. But you can also catch us on uh, Instagram, on 3 Part Podcast, uh, and 3 Part Pod on Twitter. Doc. Anything else from you? Thanks for having me. No, mate. Thanks for having me. It was a, a good week in golf. Um, congrats to Brian Harmon and um, congrats on you uh, for, for you starting the podcast and, and all the best for it. Thank you very much, mate. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you for coming on. It's been good. Um, it's always good when someone comes on and does a bit of homework so people don't have to listen to me rabbit on for, you know, 40 minutes. Um, but next time, if you do come on the next time around, just a little less homework on your tips so that that way you pick some right. hunters that no one's right. no chance of winning. That would be great. Like throwing an we'll arrow see, badly. We'll see, how the, we'll see how the 3M goes in, right? Yeah, if, that's uh, it. If, I do, if I do all right, you can, uh, you can have me back. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Good job, mate. And thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, catch you next time. Cheers. Bye.